Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, getting it right this time from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains in transit, adventures and life hacks, and today, we catch a cold. Or... Or... What's wrong with Tanya? <laughs> Tanya! What's wrong, Tanya? <laughs> this is this is an in-joke <laughs> that only the four of us are Wait, really... What? Are we really were recording with Tanya today? <laughs> we were what supposed are these people to be doing recording here? with Tanya, and instead she sent two proxies. So welcome to the show, Phil Barber and Ashley Lance. It's a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. So um, you're co-workers of Tanya, correct? That we are. And we have no idea what's wrong with Tanya. She, <laughs> she's just out of commission. We don't know where to start is the real answer. <laughs> she was like, I can't, I can't go, go face those two podcast people. I'll, I'll send my minions instead. Or, or over. Ashley's taken exceptions to that. <laughs> she just wanted to give us a chance to be in the spotlight. <laughs> that's okay it, it doesn't affect the recording <laughs> we won't play by phil play. just phil just unplugged his headphones that's all he's very excited <laughs> <laughs> i just have that reaction to the sound of my own voice <laughs> so ashley uh you've been on the show before and uh phil is a new guest is is that uh yeah that's correct that is correct wonderful uh, right i mean last i knew do you remember I have never been on this show before. (laughs) How do I know you're not a cop? (laughs) We don't. We just have to trust him. Okay. Well, welcome. Um, We're going to be talking a little bit about (laughs) Ashley's time in Italy, uh, as well as Phil's time with the disaster relief trials for this evening. Um, But before we do that, let's uh, let's catch up. Let's sure. Let's see how the week went. How did we do this week, Aaron? Um, How did we do this week? Or, or, or well, how did you do? Sure. Uh, or, or didn't do? Well, Either or. It's I, an open-ended actually, question. Actually, I did catch a cold. Oh, or, you did? Or the flu, possibly, on Monday, shortly after we recorded um, our last show. Um, on the way home, wasn't feeling so great. Oh, and no. what I thought was just, like, maybe a little indigestion turned into, like, full-blown stomach flu. But you're, with, you're with feeling... a fever and everything. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Are you feeling okay? Oh, I feel great now. It, it only lasted a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, catch and for, release right? right yeah fortuitously the day i was supposed to return from like a long weekend okay so so i i don't know it felt really bad um you know it's always suspect when when someone you know calls in sick to work like the day after mm-hmm. already having the day off aiming know? for that seventh day off <laughs> right right exactly Wine just send flow. them a video of yourself and they'll believe you right <laughs> Yeah, I didn't do anything. I literally didn't do anything. Hmm. And I, I think I mentioned before we were recording how that is really tough when I'm living with someone and I have this constant need to prove that I like have value with the things that I do. Hmm. You know, and I'm like, like you can't just be sick. Right, right. I mean I was, but it was yeah. it was difficult. It's tough. You wanna you wanna contribute to the sick pile the sick work pile <laughs> right <laughs> or something right. i need to sweep the floor i need to do something i heard sweeping the floor is good for the sinus oh is that it <laughs> or, or maybe it's the other way around 
So uh, uh, one one day sick. It's, there's been kind of something going around here. Apparently, um, yeah, yeah. Tanya's yeah. out of commission. I haven't I haven't been hit by anything in particular. But um, have you guys known anyone to be sick as well? Um, our boss's whole family yeah. was knocked out from, oh, before the no. holidays for quite some time. But they have kids, so I just assumed it was kids stuff. And, okay, and one of them's a teacher. Yeah. Oh yeah, you get the. They're around the, germs all the time. Yeah. Everybody, wash your hands after this. We'll do. <laughs> I always do anyway after a podcast, just because. I mean, you never know. Uh, right. I, I don't. Um, but it, yeah, I, I will be extra careful. I don't think there's running water in here. There's not. There's uh. There's a not even of... stagnant water, really. Well, there's you know there's, there's no stagnant. Oh, I guess outside. So. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's no stagnant water, but if you did want to wash your hands, you know what there is. What there are drinks. There there's, are. There's alcohol that is kind of sterile. <laughs> and we, we could use it to wash our hands in case of sickness. Uh, generously provided by... The Beer Mongers on Southeast Division in 12. So we've got a couple of beverages here this evening. Um, Ashley, what did you crack open this over there? This has got to be the worst yeah. commercial for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's antiseptic. <laughs> oh, man. I'll tell you what. It's hitting the spot, though. Uh, right now, we are consuming the Breakside Passion Fruit Sour Ale Tropical Tart Crisp. Eminently drinkable. It's mm. delicious. It's eminently drinkable. It is. <laughs> in front of me by Wander Brewing is Plum Bob, Belgian-inspired sour ale aged in oak foders on foraged plums. Mm-hmm. Mm. Are you odor? Are you not drinking, Phil? Uh, I'm on. Uh, it's dryuary. Whoa! Yeah. Oh snap! Yeah. And I, I drank the only. I grabbed the only non-alcoholic beverage. That's and you know medicine. what he's had this week. You don't want any of that. Oh, exactly. <laughs> so that's true. We could yeah, grab I'm a sorry. mug here. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, the the Wander Plum Bob, uh, for somebody who does like to, um, or who isn't participating in um, dry uary, you are welcome to pass that off to somebody, or we can pass it off for you. Um, the Wander Brewing Company is based out of Bellingham, Washington, and just started up, so for sour folks in town, if you're looking for a new kid on the block, uh, they just got some in this week, and so that's one that they're very excited about over at the Beer Mongers. So we got two sours in a mead we did. hanging out here. This um, is what happens when you send me to the Beer Mongers. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's great. I used to never be able to find a sour, and you know, I don't drink, so I don't even know like what a sour is. Mm from anything else other than like it's more similar to kombucha than it is a beer sometimes it's a boozy kombucha Mm -hmm. yeah Um, but yeah my girlfriend anna loves (laughs) sours and and so i'm seeing like sort of this explosion in in sours here oh i think like i i guess um cascade barrel house if if you were like hey name a sour i'd be like yes cascade barrel house and that was like it for many many years and now it's nice because obviously like there's been a lot of folks making sours but it's seen an explosion within the pacific northwest as well that and the hazy ipa right now seem Mm. to be like everywhere the Mm -hmm. hazy ipa the hazy it's just an unfiltered Unfiltered, ipa like they got lazy on it um and then they're like (laughs) new style do it what's that disney film or maybe it's like a pixar where they where they throw the lazy eye (laughs) is it kind of like that except in an ipa form is that from toy story is it i don't know right I'm, it's I like uh, it sounds like, kind of like a West. Monsters Inc. thing. Oh, okay, well, Maybe I could see it happening in many of those. Uh, <laughs> the I think hazy IPA. <laughs> beer, beer brewers, if you're listening, I, I call no copyright on that. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, I'm a beer brewer and I'm listening, so I'm gonna hold <laughs> so, you on so that. So next, uh, gonna, yeah. in about four weeks. Or, or about eight weeks, depending, or, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing from Film Barber, 
the lazy eye. Oh, wait, because you can do lazy IPA. Yeah, right. somebody should do this. <laughs> I haven't made an IPA yet, so this would be perfect. Nice. I'll have a picture of you on each bottle, just your face Ooh. yodeling. <laughs> you can take the uh, photo from the uh, the panorama yes. with the weird face. Oh, the nightmare yes. photo. Mm. That would be perfect. <laughs> you could right. do a bottle wrap. All right, it's settled. <laughs> Thanks, Guthrie. <laughs> Anytime, Phil. You know you got to tweet this photo out into the universe now that we've talked about it. Oh, it's on its way. <laughs> it's on its way. <laughs> um, one other thing I wanted to mention, though. Yeah. You know what today is? Monday. Day 16 for my oh, whole yeah. 30 extravaganza. <gasps> right on. How I have do now you reached, like it? I've now reached the tiger blood phase. Oh, man. I'm feeling it. I mm. love the whole 30. I've <laughs> done it really? three times and I'll do it again this year. I love it. Anna's like on her fourth. And so this is the first time I'm doing it with her. And um, I got to say, I, I've been pretty indifferent for the most part <clears throat> in that, like, I, I don't feel that sense of like, oh, this is terrible. I hate this diet. But nor do I feel like really excited about it hmm. until about this afternoon was like, yeah, I can do this. I'm going to like hold 30 for the rest of my life. Was that the tiger's blood maybe kicking some in? Ice cream. But yeah, maybe that's the tiger's blood, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of it's a an overnight thing I feel like where you wake up one day and you're like, I'm not tired. I no longer am angry that I'm doing this and I'm actually yeah, like yeah. encouraged and I'm going to finish it, but you will not stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> I won't stick with it longer than 30. I don't know maybe you will, but <laughs> I feel like that's a rare beast that are, are, stays with it. <laughs> I have that half gallon of peppermint ice cream I've been saving since See, Christmas. There you go. That's <laughs> the exact truth. <reason laughs> yeah. And in in a few weeks you're going to crack it open and it's going to be so freezer burned. I, no, no, it's, it's still sealed. It's, it's, it's still, still sealed. sealed. Okay, okay. Okay. I went I went the other way. Maybe I should do a whole 30 next month so I have a few fewer days to to do it. You know? <laughs> it's uh, still whole 30. Like it doesn't matter what no, month you do. I'm it. just going to call the whole 28. Whole February. Whole February. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I started I, Got real into baking sourdough bread, actually. I've oh, baked nice. about as many oh, loaves nice. as our days in this year so far. That sounds amazing. It is until he brings it to work, and then you're eating bread all day, every day. Oh, yeah, uh... yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that it's and like, jam cookies. It's more cookies. like a whole 1,000. <laughs> so, That's what we're on. I also live near the Franz Bakery. Oh, you yep. Know? <laughs> yep. And there were rare occasions where like, you could smell what they were baking from my place, mm-hmm. and then, you know... I also bike by there on the way to work, and you could definitely smell it then. Now, pretty much every other day, I can smell what they're baking. <laughs> like, cinnamon raisin. Oh yeah. Oh, it's cinnamon raisin day. <laughs> oh, uh, they got the uh, they got uh, what was another one? Oh yeah, sourdough mm. is another one I can smell. Distinctly like, oh, sourdough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah for- but I, I blame Whole Thirty for that. Okay. You like the craving of it? Yeah. Does, does gluten inhalation count? Like if it's <laughs> oh enough, shoot, if I it's should, in the air, I gotta bike like this from now on. With like, <laughs> Put know, on mask that, over uh, my face, the particle mask, <laughs> right? <laughs> so Ashley, you've done the whole thirty three times. Does that make you a member of the whole ninety club? Mm. Are there like merit badges? I don't think so. I think you just kind of like 
take it on yourself okay. and then you preach it's it's weird pyramid scheme i feel like I was in gonna a way say, did you ever get into the forums this no, is it's no, a little inside I, baseball here for those of you listening but this is pretty fun we're, for, we're just trying to the break it down so the yeah. folks yeah. have the tools necessary uh, did you ever to make get a good decision them? no i okay. hashtag a lot when i'm on it and uh-huh. then i talk about it all the time to anyone who even mentions wanting to do it i'm like you should do it it'll change your life <laughs> and then i like pass my book around to the point now where like the binding no longer exists it's actually taped on because we pass it around and use it so nice. often. So it's glued together with dragon's blood, tiger blood, <laughs> tiger blood, tiger blood. <laughs> but maybe when I get to hole one twenty, then I'll be at the dragon blood <laughs> yeah. stuff. So the more you know. <laughs> I I gotta say, so did you? This is again a little inside baseball. Did you like get any like? skin rashes or anything like that uh no but i had some friends who she started doing because her wedding she couldn't get her wedding ring off because she was swelling so much and then she figured out like what it was from and it's from actually like rice Hmm. so when she reintroduced like rice she realized she got a rash underneath her finger from that and that's what was causing the swelling so is that due to like a lack of exposure or like extra exposure I, maybe it's just some people like they say allergies work in a certain mm-hmm. way where you know like it's been described to me as like you have your cup and when your cup's filled and everyone's cup is a different size and mm-hmm. you become allergic to it and some mm-hmm. people are born that way and some people like it's a certain level and mm-hmm. I don't know so she just needed to stop rubbing rice on her finger I know <laughs> <laughs> I, I developed like a, a few days ago um, this rash that starts on my elbows and like creeps up occasionally on the end wow. And that's during Whole30. Interesting. And yeah. I've So that's why I ask about the forums, because then I went into, like, forum purgatory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you've, you've done there. this with other things, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. I've been in forum purgatory often. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, there's other people who, like, have also um, had these things, and it's, like, kind of mysterious. Some people blame, like, mild ketosis. Some other people are like, well, it's just because you're eating more of like all these other foods that you really only eat so much of. And so your body's reacting. <laughs> Anyways, so it is kind of a mystery. It'll eventually clear up. I'm I'm not that worried about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just wondering. Yeah. Was... It's interesting then, how it affects everyone differently, right, though, right. you know? Yeah. But the funny thing is, is like, so then I got into the forums and then <laughs> you start reading it and... You know, it's kind of like the comments section. Did you buy you know? anyone's book? Oh, God, no. no. <laughs> I didn't even buy the original book yet. Um, <laughs> you can borrow mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll read it after the fact. Oh, this is what I did wrong. <laughs> That's the rash. Oh, yeah. Um, Take there, 17. There, develop rash. <laughs> develop rash. Um, no, there was some people that were, like, really snide. Like, some of the moderators even. Like, someone was complaining, like, this... They broke out, their face broke out, and they're like, you know, I, I work, like, as a uh, sales rep for for pharmaceuticals, so, you know, sad but true, I have to, like, look good. Mm-hmm. And, like, someone fired back, one of the moderators fired back, like, well, you know, you shouldn't be working for big pharma anyways, and what's more important to you, looking good or feeling good? And I was like, that's really not the sympathy this person was looking for. <laughs> Find another forum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Mods, moderators. (laughs) The best and the worst of times. Do you have a do you have a fun forum story? Uh, I have lots of forum stories. Not too many of them are fun. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I use I use forums for like used equipment oftentimes. So a lot of my um, like fun forum stories comes from like, hey, 
that item that I agreed to get from somebody actually arrived. That was pretty cool. Uh, and you don't get screwed by some random person on right. the internet. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's like a lot of like photography, like videography oh, okay. type stuff. Um, it People, people arguing get, about like pe- f-stops and aperture. Yeah, or like brandism or I mean like you name it. It can be Olympus, broken down. Olympus, like yeah, you don't need yeah. anything else. But, but you yeah. see, Aaron, is it the OMD or the OMD2? OMDs? Yeah. No, no, just OMs. Well, because there's a, a very minute difference between these two cameras made by Olympus, well, and some people have very strong opinions you, about them. You're already you're already <laughs> wrong by introducing digital. You guys would it's be great just moderators. OM, you, OM2 or an OMS. I think we're both fitting this fine in this form. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a wild west out there. So uh, enough about forums, enough about us. Um, Ashley, tell us a little bit about your time in Italy. Um, It was amazing as Italy is. And I think everyone who bike tours and has interest in bike touring should either start or end or at any point go there. Um, mm. We did kind of a different route than it, most people, mostly because... Um, because of work, I couldn't go until November. Mm-hmm. So we uh, kind of went from Rome over to the Adriatic Sea, kind of straight over the mountain passes, which was beautiful. It's three and a half gorgeous days of climbing, and the roads are just really well graded. Mm-hmm. And kind of toured down along the Adriatic through the spur and um, spent about 16 days touring um, that and then trained back. But I don't know, that, that southern part is really interesting because... Because it was essentially just skipped over by the Renaissance that hit most of northern Italy. So Hmm. there's not a lot of the Baroque and the gold and the um, overly ornate cities. Uh, They're kind of, you know, we hit two in 17 days, essentially. And Mm -hmm. so um, there was the, oh gosh, that disease that came by and they thought it was because, um, malaria, Mm. bad air. That's how I remember it. So malaria hit like that Southern part really hard during the Renaissance. And it was basically just considered the poor and the farmers and the foreigners anyway. So they didn't really pay much attention to it. And it's been, I mean, very fascinating history. been taken over by the Turks, the Romans, like the Greeks, everyone who's ever wanted to take over Italy because of, you know, a centrality, uh, has hit like anywhere from, you know, um, Sicily all the way up to kind of that region we were in near the spur. And so Mm -hmm. um, it's got just a little bit of every kind of architecture and food and history. And um, it was very affordable. Uh, It was kind of a great getaway. Um, I'd highly recommend it. I wouldn't say it's the cheapest trip, but I would say if you're going to Italy, it's going to be your cheapest trip in Italy with great roads Mm -hmm. and uh, pretty accessible. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I loved it. So, um, for our former or for our listeners, uh, we also had an episode with your tour in Cuba. Um, did you find any parallels between traveling in Cuba? Because I remember the Cuba trip was kind of your first like together as a couple trip. And well, so... Baja was our first Baja, one together. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was our third kind of major one together, where we go for several weeks and kind of tour and uh, do that whole thing. Um, no, you know no what? And, and, and thank God, the only parallel is that they were so opposite. Yeah. So, and I, honestly, that's why we picked Italy because well, Cuba was fascinating, and we were so lucky that we were able to get in before all the rules changed, oh, yeah. and uh, kind of were able to do that. I wouldn't have said I w- would recommend it. Where Italy, I, like you heard me, everyone should do it. It's okay. so wonderful. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 
were there any um, places that you tried to like hit specifically because of their like history or, or just be- natural beauty? Um, well, my family is from that region, from Lanciano, and so we went there. But it turns out uh, they don't live there anymore. So we rode up a mountain for an entire day <laughs> and got there. And not only did they not live there, like hardly anyone lived there. It was pretty much a ghost huh. town. So we found like one cafe and they felt bad, bought me a coffee. <laughs> uh, we ate a microwaved sandwich. And Wait. then we rode down the mountain. So, so did you like roll up and you were just like name dropping like, hey, have you seen so and so? Um. Well, my grandfather had visited probably like now looking back at it, I probably should have looked into it. It was like 20 years prior and he had photos in front of this like market and I knew the address. And, um, you know, funny enough, I couldn't find anything about it online. So I just assumed we would show up and we got there and it was definitely closed huh. and was for sale. But um, yeah. the coffee shop owner was like, everyone around here is a launchy. He's a launchy. He might be your cousin. And we talked to him. He's like. I'm no. not your cousin. <laughs> um, Wait, how did, it, how did that conversation start? Like, uh, very in very poor Italian. Like, ciao, you me, you me, chiamo Ashley Lanchi. You do. So, so very poor Italian, and I'm sure that didn't help us figure things out either. But mm. you know, that was probably the most unfortunate of our adventures. But besides that, it was pretty wonderful. I, mm-hmm. I, I mean. It's funny. You remember the trips that are harder or have like more of those trying moments. Like I can remember Cuba so vividly because every day was like the hardest day it felt like. Mm. And then Italy, every day was like vacation. It was so, so wonderful. And <laughs> so I've sort of like it all blurs together as this like wonderful time that we had there. So nice. Yeah. I kind of want to go bike tour Italy if yeah. the chance ever, <laughs> ever comes up. You should. It's gorgeous. <laughs> Uh, Phil, have you ever done any touring outside of the States or, or even within? Uh, no. Um, I've done some very, very light touring just, just here in the States. Um, okay. I rode, I did the Trask Trail uh, from uh, Hillsborough to, uh, to the coast. That was a lot of fun. Is that a paved trail? No, it's uh, it's mostly forest uh, logging road. Okay. Um, Tell us a bit about the track. I've never yeah, heard of it. Like, no. I know there's a Trask um like there's a Trask cross country race, but I hadn't known there was a trail out. Yeah, there's there's two. There's a North Fork and a South Fork of the Trask River, and you can um, you can go out one and come back the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's it's fairly steep. Uh, I did it by myself, kind of experimenting with bike packing, mm-hmm. uh, and I was able to do it as a beginner. So uh, it's totally accessible, but it is it is long. You can knock it out in a day and sleep on the beach, though. Ooh, nice. Yeah, where does it start? Uh, you, let's see, it starts southwest of Hillsboro, so you can take okay. the max out to the Hillsboro Civic Center. Okay. Um, and then, uh, head south and, and west, kind of just into the mountains. Um, mm-hmm. I forget what lake it, uh, passes by, but. It's, it's not Hag Lake, is it? Yeah, it passes by Hag okay. Lake. Okay, okay just trying to put it in my mental map here yeah that's about where you lose uh the paved road and then you end up on a forest road nice or actually a a logging road so is it um like permitted through did you have to arrange with stimson or one of the other lumber uh, organizations out there for easement through they open and close it depending on fire danger okay Uh, so i got lucky it was open when i when i rode it um Mm -hmm. but they closed it uh because of uh really dry hot conditions Mm -hmm. uh fairly soon after that nice uh, but yeah, they, it's an easement. You can just ride through it, and uh, then you eventually end up in the Trask 
wilderness and and then have to ride terrifyingly steep downhills fully loaded uh, and uh, if you're like me learn how to great. adjust oh it was really <laughs> yeah. fun it was, it was scary as all get out yeah. I was by myself learning how to adjust my saddle up and down depending oh. on if I was going up or down oh, okay or, yeah did you have like did you Do you have like a pneumatic saddle or... oh no no I have oh, no. a mountain bike from like the oh, mid 90s okay. yeah and the the give on my shocks is I don't know like an inch uh-huh. It, was, it was a bit rough, but like I said, it was doable mm-hmm. and really, really fun. Nice. I So having gone to college around Forest Grove, I had no clue there was a trail of that nature. Um, I think I know what I'm going to try to do this summer. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. <laughs> you bet. Hey, man, if you want some company, I'd love to do it again, too. Cool. Would you have any advice for um, anyone, like lessons learned or things that you might do differently on a second approach? Hmm. Um, yeah, just figure out how to pack my... Um, pack my food a little bit better uh figure out how to do water a little bit better too i was pretty loaded down with water because i didn't want to run out mm-hmm. um there was water uh there's water basically after you pass the high point of the trail okay um but you just have to make it there okay was it um or did you have any issues with log trucks on the roads no none okay no so, i didn't run into any of those because i'm wondering if you do it like you were mentioning it was very dry but i'd imagine in slightly cooler times there there would probably be other users of that road in a sense probably okay. uh, i also think that um i probably didn't run into any traffic because it was on the weekend oh uh, gotcha yeah I imagine okay. weekday uh in normal conditions there's probably logging trucks out there okay but i think they had they had ceased they were yeah they just closed it after i passed through and mm-hmm. they also ceased all logging activity while the fire danger was so high yeah because yeah. if it gets too dry out there they'll have um like chainsaw warnings yeah. etc you just can't operate any any yeah. spark plug type machine exactly yeah cool phil i i know danny did that and some of his buddies got lost on it how did you either find the trail and like navigate yourself through it or was it pretty easy to follow uh there were so that's a good You're question. You're going to take this back to Danny later? <laughs> See, he didn't get lost. <laughs> well, he didn't, but he had to go back and find his friends, which right. I heard about later, and I guess that was like a thing. So that's just why I'm curious, like how you found it and how you stayed on it. So Yeah, there, there are a couple of um, uh, unmarked intersections. And so you just, uh, some combination. So I was using a, um, let's see, I forget which GPS uh, app I was using, but I was following a map um that i found online was it ride with gps no it wasn't ride with gps uh, although i was I, I was using was i was ride using with ride with gps sorry i was using <laughs> ride with gps to track the ride <laughs> um and then actually i take it back i was using ride with gps to track the ride but that's not where i found uh, right. uh the, the route in the first place okay. i take it back no now that you mentioned it um i did then search around and try to find someone else's ride with gps track uh and i I stole theirs and kind of altered it a bit okay. um, and then followed that. But combination of that and also uh, I use uh, Gaia GPS, which mm-hmm. lets you download uh, GPS maps. Oh, like yes. Full I've heard GPS yes. maps. Uh, I referred back and forth just to make sure that I was on the right track mm-hmm. and I'm like okay to orienteering. So. You had no one to argue with you. And I had no one to argue <laughs> with me. All decisions, right or wrong, were solely upon your shoulders. In yeah. a good way, and in and in the forest, nobody can this, hear you yelling. Is there at yourself, a story behind this? So. Oh no, no, I, I just <laughs> I know that it, no one ever wants to be the decision maker, but sure. everyone wants to blame someone if you get lost. Mm. So. Well, I I had read about some difficulty, fought like he, 
following the right logging road, mm-hmm. uh, and so I was ma- I made extra sure. Um, yeah. I think actually, actually, you might have even mentioned that to me before I struck out. So I made extra sure I wasn't going to get lost because I was by myself. I didn't, you know, if you're if you're going to do the, the the dangerous thing of being by yourself in the middle mm-hmm. of nowhere, at least cover all your bases. Right? Could you say you were prepared for a disaster? I you could absolutely say that. Speaking of which, <laughs> nice segue. You're a smooth, smooth man, Guthrie. Uh, so we were talking before the show started. Aaron actually met Phil a couple of years ago at the disaster relief. It's not. No, I no, guess it's not it wasn't the disaster relief trials. It was it a pedal palooza ride, yeah. but based off of or, or around, I guess, the disaster relief trials. Sort of. So, okay. so Steph Ratha, a friend of mine, actually is the the reason I got interested and involved in um, sort of volunteer disaster relief. Uh, organizing and, and prep in the first place. And uh, that year she had suggested, hey, let's lead a Petalpalooza ride that is uh, th- disaster themed. And so we did. We planned out a ride that passed by uh, points of interest related to a subduction, Cascadia subduction zone you know, event or a big mm-hmm. Any kind of big earthquake, so we, we lots at of the, buildings with U's on them. Yeah, number of building with U's. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Stay away from those. Those are uh, it's the U's for unreinforced masonry, uh, uh, or sorry, unsafe. But they're all made of unreinforced masonry and likely to collapse. Mm-hmm. Um, and we looked at the bridges, which are unlikely to collapse. The on ramps and off ramps to all the bridges are though, except for wait. So the bridges themselves will stay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Okay, but yeah. you just there's no way to get on them yeah. or off them or off but, them. Once you're but on, if you're yeah. on them, hooray! Yeah. At least, at least you know. Except you, for you, the Tillicum Crossing, right? Really, brand new yep. and uh, well, very well built to modern seismic standards, mm-hmm. which keep changing. So the next bridge that gets built will be even better. I bet. With the, Cross uh, your fingers. <laughs> the yeah, last, right. I think it's the last disaster relief trials <gasps> that happened here in Portland. That was the only bridge you were allowed to cross. Mm, interesting. And so you had like all these points east and west, mm-hmm. but like say if you needed to get to a point northeast, you still had to come south because the Tillicum is like pretty far south in Portland for those who are listening outside of Portland. You still had to come south for like a good mile or so and then scoop all the way back mm-hmm. north. And, and also for our folks listening outside of Portland, um, what what is the disaster relief trials? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it actually happens in several cities. Okay. It's become kind of, uh, I don't know if movement is the right word, but it's become kind of like this this entity unto itself where, uh, you know, the, the premise is the big one, quote unquote, big one hits and earthquake. all the yeah, yeah the earthquake or or whatever depending on where it takes place um but all the infrastructure is frozen you know or impassable by motor vehicle and so it's up to you as a cyclist um with whatever you have i had a bob trailer um with uh on my team i had a bob trailer a guy with a uh, Bach feats and then Brock on his uh, tall bike with, <laughs> with a uh, little cargo uh, platform underneath. Uh, but but we won. Uh, but anyways, yeah, with whatever you've got, like in the, in, in this particular race, there were uh, three categories, the electric, uh, the solo, and then the team. Um, and then, yeah, you just use whatever you've got to uh, carry whatever, you know, water mm-hmm. supplies, uh, food. They also gave you, um, I think it was like a half dozen or maybe four eggs, eggs. and that was to um, symbolize like uh, fragile medical supplies. Mm. You know, so you had to keep that like kind of in a in a padded 
like compartment. If you broke an egg, were you penalized or were you just removed out of the the winning? No, uh, no, yeah. Possibility? I think I think it added to your time. Oh, okay. I can't remember what it oh, was. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. It's a neat event, though. It's somewhere between practice and a proof of concept. Yeah. You know, when uh, our major transportation infrastructure fails, uh, bikes are going to be the easy way to get people and stuff around town. You know, in the event of a big earthquake, roads will be choked with debris. Um, gas stations won't have electricity to pump the gas out. So whatever you got in your tank is what you got. Once that goes out, all you have is, you know, the power in your legs. Mm-hmm. Or in your bicycle. Or in a boat. <laughs> or or on a boat until that oh, I guess yeah you, you you could canoe it up don't don't try, sure. don't try to swim the the river for a little for a few days after something like that but hmm. we're getting another bridge that's supposed to be uh, seismically no up to snuff yeah so uh, Peabot and this P- is P-Bem, totally new to me like the, the Burnside replacement uh, no so not a bridge across the river oh. there are other big uh, points of failure for our uh, road transportation network Sullivan's Gulch. Mm. Trying to get across I-84. Okay. Yeah. So the 12th Avenue Bridge. I-84, the big uh, east-west arterial that yeah. runs through town. Um, Sullivan's Gulch is where exactly? It's basically between between the river and uh, goes all the way out to Hollywood, right? So the 40s, mm-hmm. okay. a little further even. Um, and it's a it'll be a- On ma- the east side. On yeah. the east side, yeah. It'll be a major obstacle. Um and what they're uh, going to start construction on fairly soon is a bridge across Sullivan's Gulch from 7th to 7th uh, so that you'd no longer as a cyclist have to go all the way around. Right. Mm-hmm. Through Lloyd Center Through, and all like of that. Like over to 12th and such. Yeah, you don't have to cross at 12th. You got the crossings at 12th, right? From there, 24 or 28? 20, 20, 20, 28. And then, yeah, then just then well, like 40, 40 second. Yeah. second. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't mention Burns or sorry, mention uh, Grand and MLK, which yeah. is right. fairly close to the river, too. And because I wouldn't bike those. I always fall into the streetcar tracks when I try that. Well, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't, exactly. doesn't go too well. <laughs> but seventh, seventh is supposed to be part of the, uh, the upcoming Green Loop. Okay. Uh, and it's going to be constructed to modern seismic safety standards so that not only is it a pedestrian and uh, uh, bike access bridge, it's also supposed to be able to be usable by uh, emergency vehicles and uh, uh, professional responders in the event of a disaster. Nice. That's fantastic. Yeah. Did you have a hand in the in the implementation of the disaster relief trials or, or just more of a disaster fan? I'm. I wouldn't call myself a disaster yeah, fan. That, that was <laughs> poorly worded on my that, part. Well, those people exist. Those are the survivalist folks. Ah, okay. Um, those are the the hardcore preppers. Uh, no, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm interested in resilience. Uh, uh, from a, a, I mean, interested in community resilience and disaster re- resilience falls uh, mm. falls under that. Um, uh, I, I volunteered to help out at the disaster relief trials a couple of times, but mainly uh, through my involvement with uh, the Portland Neighborhood Emergency Team Net. Program. Net. Yes. Yeah. Volunteer disaster relief first responders. Hmm. Nice. I also, I'm learning so many things today. Oh. I'm like very happy. You should, you should get to know Net. <laughs> it sounds like it's, it's all of these things it's that I'm. It's really cool. It's yeah. really cool. Like, well, network. Of, yeah. Yeah. Of people <laughs> and. Chances are there's a net volunteer in your neighborhood. 
Yep. Cool. I'll Get check to it know out. that person. Be their friend. Oh, for sure. Or go be one yourself too. They'll mm-hmm. teach you how to uh, uh, put out fires mm-hmm. and search rooms, do light kind of medical stuff. So or... it's, it's for it's for it's like search and rescue for people who don't live right next to a mountain or yeah, basically or, or such. Yeah, yeah. Very light search and rescue. They will teach you how to lever thousands of pounds of concrete off of uh, you know people or something with using just metal bars and blocks of wood. <laughs> you can do it yourself. It's really interesting. Yeah, I'll check it out. Um, in terms of the DRT and your ride with Steph, do you have any plans for the upcoming Pedalpalooza? Or, uh, or Pedalpalooza, by the way, is our month-long celebration of bike events here in Portland. In the month of June. Yes. So if you're planning a trip out and you're just going, well, what month should I visit Portland? I highly June. suggest June. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's. I, I would go with that recommendation. Well, I'll... I'll plug the the rides I'm going to lead again then. Ooh, yes, <laughs> yes. Please do. Which are I'm going to try to lead the uh, uh, the disaster ride again. Uh, loop Steph back into that. Um, the uh, uh, Chris McCraw and I uh, lead a, a how to lead a ride ride oh, yes. for Petalpalooza. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, years ago, uh, after it lapsed, I picked up the torch, so to speak, of the superhero ride. Mm. So I'm going to lead that again this year. Nice. Last year, he uh, convinced our coworker to dress up as a villain, and then people hurled pudding. Uh, no, it was <laughs> chocolate donuts <laughs> in little bags. <laughs> it was pretty great because pudding would be too cruel, but chocolate donuts is okay. And people ate them. <laughs> her 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 super villain uh, was the Mad Pooper. <laughs> <laughs> she was the woman who doesn't yeah. clean up her dog poop. I see. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. And encourages dogs to just poop everywhere. Just go wherever yeah. you want. Yeah. Wow. It's the I super... think I faced that supervillain before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the true supervillain is like finding the people who are trying to do good and being like, no, I'm taking your bag and I'm throwing it on the sidewalk. <laughs> there will be consequences. <laughs> or not. That's very. That's a very Portland supervillain. Yeah. Oh, totally. I'm not sure if anyone. I, I was in Forest Park this week, and I, I think that supervillain was uh, was well out in force. They're coming back that way. I'm sure. Right. <laughs> uh, yes. So speaking of forums, that is a forum talk of it, which goes very deep and da- far down the rabbit hole. What's that like? Dog oh, poop in parks? Like the uh, or... the the I'll remember it on my way back. I'll remember where I left it, yeah. and oh, I'll pick really? it up. Versus that... versus the uh, the the finger wagging, I, and I think I'm more a part of this crowd. They're like, you should just take it all of the way, right? Uh, crowd, yeah. People 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 get up in arms about that on the forums these days. I mean, it is poop. <laughs> <laughs> I understand not wanting to carry it, but I I personally. I don't carry my dog poop in with me when I hike because I don't have a dog with me mm. when I hike. Just I know that that, that you is your own really you really controversial. <laughs> I just hike usually by myself or another human or two. Generally, not a dog. Mm. I know it's not a popular stance in this city. <laughs> Yeah, Aaron, where's your send, dog? Send your hate mail to you. Don't <laughs> don't even bring that up with Anna. Hey, Anna, <laughs> where's Aaron's dog? <laughs> right. She'd be like, I don't know. Where is it? Where is our dog, Aaron? Anyway. Uh, so, Bill and Ashley, uh, 
<laughs> is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience? Any any grand adventures? Any upcoming plans? Well, the reason we're here today is because yeah, Tanya can't be right. here because besides she... <laughs> your most gracious offer to come in as, um, as Tanya was sick because she was going to inform people of some we we all work together right. in the event world and. Um, we're all kind of excited about some changes in our our company, um, including the purchase of Good Sport Promotion and um, Axiom Event Productions, who we work for, kind of purchasing that and overseeing uh, the next chapter of those events, um, including our our Axiom most... being the the bag company or yeah, well, I guess so. They we just been around a long time. They do yeah. something like with Phil. Very different companies. Yeah. Oh. Very different companies. Yeah. The uh, the the cool Axiom uh, bike bags are not us. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> but okay, can, I see where we're can, going like, there. Lowbrow rep Axiom by Axiom. Well, and and I do. You just have like to clarify cologne. to everybody who asks. <laughs> as, it, as it turns out, Axiom is a very popular name for companies to be. There's to be actually named. another one called like. Axiom Productions or something in Portland. And my friend Those got a real. job with them the same month that I did. It was so random. You got a job with the better one. Yeah. <laughs> you never well, saw each other at work? No, it was strange. We've been working together for forever. Um, no, but we have a, an event coming up in February. It's uh, our first bikey event of the season is the worst day of the year ride. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought that right. was every day in the winter <laughs> around here. It is, but From January to March, <laughs> worst day of the year ride. Oh, my God. I think we could go all the way to November sometimes. Yeah. Um, no, but this one's coming up on February 11th. It starts at Lucky Lab. And um, this year, big changes are we brought back the CCC, the Community Cycling Center. Oh, great. As our beneficiary, and we're doing some really cool stuff with them. Like uh, for families, we have the half price family rides. So it's only twelve fifty for adults and kids under twelve are free. And we've got helmet fitting and like a specific route for them, and all kinds of fun things like the worst day Sunday. Hmm. You'd have to come to see what that is. Um, is but, that Sunday spelled D A E or D A Y? I mean, a E E because it's a delicious mm. treat yes. that you can't have on the whole thirty. There's a silent Q. <laughs> It'll be done by in then. there somewhere. <laughs> um, but we just have that coming up that we're excited about, along with a couple nice. of new things like a, a new Portland Century route and a handful of other things. So some big changes that we're excited about and nice. just really looking forward to it. But then the other side of our company, Phil is kind of more a part of, including some of the you know the best community cycling events like Sunday Parkways and other things along that line. Yeah, yeah, we are we're doing all of our Sunday Parkways again this year. Have you have y'all ever had any people on the this program who've been oh, yeah. volunteers or have, have mentioned? Um, mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm forgetting her name now. Alexis. Oh, oh Alexis. A couple times actually. She's wonderful. Yes, yes. Yeah, she's awesome. Yes. I just I just saw her the other night. Um, yeah, Sunday. She, I get to work with her. Uh, really? To, Tell uh-huh. her we said hi. I will absolutely yeah. will. Um, yeah, it's a super fun program. You know she. She plugged it, I'm sure. So uh, I won't uh, uh, spend too much time on it. But it's really, I mean, plug it's away. really fun. It's all right. You know? Yeah, it's, it's something we love. It's really fun. It's a it's it is a great way to introduce people to cycling who aren't super comfortable with cycling. It's a great way to learn uh, new multimodal ways around your neighborhood and around your community uh, and explore other neighborhoods. Uh, we're super excited specifically about the the new Green Loop Sunday Parkways that's it's mm. going to be uh, happening. It's going to incorporate that 7th Avenue. Well, it's going to incorporate the future site of that 7th Avenue <laughs> bridge. They don't get them built that fast. Right. 
Um, but uh, but it's a lot of fun, May through September. Nice. Um, and uh, and that's just you know, and that's in addition to some of the other uh, cycling related events we mm-hmm. do. We support uh, bike MS uh, events in in several states and uh, ride to defeat ALS uh, in uh, the Mount Angel area. Okay. Um, Which and, is and a, a great others. route. It's really beautiful out there. Yeah. Fields of fields of wheat, and uh, tasty just, rest stops, man. Not very mm. tasty. <laughs> I got to do the route scout for that last year, and we stopped <laughs> and ate at all the pie places we could because there's so many pie places out there. Oh, it's wonderful. Hard so, work. Yeah, it was a little terrible. <laughs> I hate my job. <laughs> Don't get me started on my she coworkers. She ate her job because mm. it's delicious. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> dad joke there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get that sound effect one of these days. <laughs> um, for for the disaster or. Bleh. Not the disaster relief trials, but for the worst day of the year ride, um, could you share a little bit about how that ride came to be and sort of what people are going to be in store for? Because that one's coming up pretty quick here. It is. It is. Uh, so historically, the most terrific day, terrific being in the worst way, um, day in the history of Oregon was, I believe, February 8th. It was like the wettest, windiest, and coldest. Um, and that was actually... I want to say 17 years ago now and so um when this ride started and so so yeah just carrying on the torch of that um i don't know you can go to the website it's a bad day it's um, a bad day but it's super fun and we'll mm-hmm. set you guys up with a code so that any of your listeners who have interest in writing it can oh, get a seven dollars off and we'll send you that so um if if nothing else it's another reason to dust off the bike to get out on a cold windy day don a costume kind of just embrace it and we've got some you know, great prizes for people who dress up and the only the only prizes we give away are for costumes. And so it's just a fun ride that gets you out into the weather with your friends. And it's worth mentioning about that weather that statistically speaking, you know, that weekend is probably a really awful weekend around here mm-hmm. weather wise. Because two years ago it was actually canceled, I, well, I heard. And so that's the funny Due thing. Due to weather. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. that's the funny thing. Statistically, it should be terrible but statistics are also the worst kind of uh, the easiest way to lie. Right? Yeah. Statistics are, are the, the, the most nefarious kind of lie. And up until it was snowed out, every worst day of the year ride that I ever saw was a beautiful day. <laughs> <laughs> it so. was it was a good call to make though to cancel oh, yes. on that day. <laughs> and was... we got made fun of merciless, or they got made fun of mercilessly. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, still brought up every time. <laughs> really? like, oh yeah, is that the one that got? Cancel because of the snow. I'm like, well, yeah, that was for everyone's safety. Yeah, so. yeah. You're it's welcome. a safety issue. <laughs> oh, totally. No, I think that makes it even more epic in I some agree. ways. Like, yeah. like it was so bad that people who didn't get the memo and showed up anyway, they really, truly did have the worst day of the year. Right? <laughs> a really bad day. <laughs> well, Phil and Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the show this evening. Um, would you like to stick around for our calendar and a couple of our headlines? Love to. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, feel free to chime in as as we do. Yeah. Peanut gallery. Please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but first. I love, I love, I love, I love don't don't ever use that. What's we, on our calendar? On the second Friday of every month, we have the Boston Bike Party. Yes, and also on the second Friday of every month, the Indianapolis Bike Party. And if you, you know what's oh, yeah. not on the second Friday of every month? I... The Portland Bike Party. Oh, yeah. 
It's because it's the Midnight Mystery Ride. Oh, <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Which I guess is the Portland bike party. It is a it is a party. Oftentimes, yes, it's always a mystery. <laughs> On the um, second Sunday of every month, we have the Corviday Bike Club ride. Yes, and, and they're coming in soon. Yeah. Yay! Yeah, very excited to have those folks. January 28th, that's coming up, a documentary about an unapologetic bicycle crew of young Latina misfits from Eastside L.A., the Ovarian Psychos, that will be at the Hollywood Theater here in Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, get your tickets. And that came to us via listener EJ. Thanks, EJ. And, and past guest EJ. Yes. On February 3rd, from Maria Schur, we have Caddyshack, a 25-mile socially-paced jaunt around local golf courses. Yes. Have you heard about this? No, but I love Maria, so I'm (laughs) sure it's going to be a hoot. It's going to be great. Yes. Uh, Lunch and beer stops, or a lunch and beer stop, one stop. Mm -hmm. Actually, you can catch Maria at the Worst Day of the Year ride. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's working with us. Awesome. (laughs) Speaking of the Worst Day of the Year Worst day of the year ride. Do you know what's coming up on February 11th, Aaron? Is it the worst day of the year ride? It is the worst day of the year ride, and I've just added it sneakily you, to you our got calendar. <laughs> Mine hasn't updated yet. It's all good. <laughs> um, and if you happen to be in Gainesville, Florida, on February 24th, Menagerie in Motion, a kinetic derby. This is really cool. All human-powered contraptions of all kinds out in Gainesville, Florida for a I don't I don't know if it's a race so much as a parade celebration but definitely a celebration yes on September 22nd we have the Lowell Kinetic Sculpture Race in Lowell, Massachusetts yes if you can't make it to Menagerie in Motion and you happen to be in Lowell, Mass you can make it to the Lowell Kinetic Sculpture Race. They actually have one in Baltimore too. The For Visionary real? Art Museum puts it on there, and they like have John Water featured ones, like he, a giant. John Water's the director. Yeah, because he's from there. So. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's. I'm not sure the date, but you could add that to your calendar too. Yes. It looks really cool. Definitely. Wow, I want to see a uh, cereal mom themed <laughs> kinetic machine. <laughs> I want to see a Pink Flamingos themed. Can no, I, you don't no, want to see that. No, I really don't. <laughs> Take it back, though. <laughs> but Crybaby, I could do. Yeah, there you go. I can see that one. Uh, I can imagine, but also don't want to imagine what that would look like. <laughs> um, upcoming, uh, we've got a couple of filmed by bike tour dates to run through real quick. Um, so I will do so now. In Boise, Idaho, on February eighth. Aarhus, Denmark, on March 3rd, South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, um, around March 9th through the 12th, Copenhagen, March 10th, Albany, New York, July 22nd, Seattle, Washington, TBD, Vancouver, Washington, TBD, Arcata, California in November 2018, and Bendigo, Australia on October 8th, 2018, in one of the days in October, (laughs) coming soon. One day in October. That's cool that you're getting all over the place. I mean, you as in Filmed by bike. You yes, know, not, not yes, like... filmed by bike, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. Um, really neat seeing a lot of interest from the cities out there and folks within. Uh, and excited to share the love of cycling worldwide via film. Yes. Um. Well, I guess that was... Every day of the year. Our calendar... 
And now... What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. It circles around the city lights. Pedal just as fast as we can into the morning light. Pedal just as fast as we can into the daylight. Pedal just as fast as we can into the night light. Pedal just as fast as the legs of the ladder. All right, first up, from Friends on Bike, their blog, um, they interviewed... Super fan Aqua. Super fan Aqua. Yes. We haven't heard from Aqua in a little bit. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Aqua. She was too busy being interviewed by friends friends on bike. It's true. Hi, Aqua. Hey. Yes. And it was a great write up. Are you familiar with friends on bikes at all? Uh, No. Oh, my gosh. Go on. Yes. So, friends on bikes, uh, a women of color focused bike group uh, here in Portland and, and elsewhere. Um, but I think based here in Portland. Yeah. Yep. Well, I hope so. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, they do occasional interviews with, uh, women of color on bikes and they got our super fan Aqua, uh, an interview and it was just, yeah, it was a really great write up cool. about mm-hmm. her and, and her experience of biking in Pennsylvania and moving here to Portland and biking here and sort of the, the differences and, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, what she likes about biking here, what she likes about biking over there. Yeah, stuff I, like that. I like what yeah. she said too about the bike shop experience because she has yeah. like such a great perspective on um, just like walking into a shop and she's like, yeah, people don't expect me to be like knowledgeable and or interested, and so just that like getting put off of the the bike shop thing because you're getting snobbed and it's like nope just kidding like aqua probably knows as much and more than you do <laughs> right. so seeing that um go through and yeah really great interview with aqua <laughs> um so up next we have aaron's home county does some good via anna yeah so anna mentioned this anna creeps on my my history a lot as in my personal history. Ah. <laughs> she, she cares. But only when you're sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, she's been doing this all the, all the time. Like she she knows like who I've dated in high school um and and various other things about me just cuz this is this is her obsession. She sends notes um, to your elementary school teachers. <laughs> yeah. Thank you yeah, notes. Thank you for <laughs> um but also so things that interest her about my old hometown back in michigan um she'll sometimes forward on did this she... one she happened to forward on to the sprocket okay um yeah did she totally go like anthropological during your recent visit did she have like a notebook full oh, of questions to ask family yes. members <laughs> like i feel like anna would be be we, like doing the homework we all but we all but visited like the family cemetery and you know chronicled the the family tree but she did while you were sleeping. Probably. <laughs> there was a day where I was unaccounted for. I don't know where she was that day. <laughs> what part of Michigan are you from? Southeast Michigan. Okay. Um, Lenaway. Oh, I should have waited. Oh, oh dang it. That's true. I, wa- that's, I that's wanted to I hear that one, right. actually. No. <laughs> we, we wanted to make sure I said Lenaway correctly. <laughs> right. Lenaway Which... County, Michigan. <laughs> To your great satisfaction and mine as well. I just did. <laughs> um, so in Lenaway, there's a nonprofit uh, community-run bike shop in Adrian, Michigan. Which, let me let me clarify. There were zero bike shops when I grew up. Not just in Adrian, which is the county seat, 
the highest population of Lenway County at like 40,000 people, maybe. Mm. I grew up in a town of 3,000 people. Like, if you wanted a bike, you went, I mean, if you wanted a nice new bike, you went like down to Toledo, Ohio, Mm. get it from wherever. But if you wanted a bike, just a bike, like everyone else had, then you just like got it from the scrap Mm. out of like Uncle David's shed. Nice. Cut a car in half lengthwise. (laughs) (laughs) Those are some of the best bikes at times, too. Yeah. Um, so from uh, Re-Bicycle Lenaway, we have, yesterday we had the very sincere pleasure of presenting our friends at Share the Warmth of Lenaway, or Lenawayeth, uh, a check for $502.50, which is half of the income generated from our bike sales from October through December. Thank you. Thank you who do help us and help them and those that they serve throughout the year. Yeah. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, it's just really cool that like this community run bike shop would um would donate half of their half of their sales to yeah. a to another nonprofit. Because half yeah. of anything is a really big number for yes. a lot of bike shops. Yes. So kudos. Absolutely. Yes. And again, a community run bike shop, not just a bike shop. And I, I find this mind boggling. So if and, it were and really challenging my my worldview mm-hmm. of of how I grew up and, and the the area in which I grew up. We had our, our listener write in the other week, like um, something about <laughs> yes. unjustified hate on Michigan. <laughs> yes. We're, yes. We're, we're turning the tides. Yes. I'm, I'm, it's challenging my worldview and I like this. <laughs> what I'm saying. Well, our heartfelt congratulations to the folks out there and uh, yeah, keep up the great work. That's great to hear. Uh, from bikebiz.com, also via Anna, we have cyclists with iPods hear the same as motorists listening to nothing. Yeah. Have either of you heard about this? Mm-hmm. No. So this study put on by um, this Australian magazine, I'm going to try to find the name, Ride On is the name of the magazine. Um, they essentially with a, with a um, what is that audio? The, the word you're looking for. Yes. That word I'm looking for. That measures decibels. Mm-hmm. A decibel um, meter. I, I just made that up. Please say it's not that simple. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure there's a very highly okay. technical term, Anyways, which we're both conveniently they, forgetting right now. Essentially, essentially using it as as a synthetic ear measured um, the volume of sound, uh, ambient sound cycling, versus the volume of ambient sound with a, a earbud in. Mm-hmm. And found out that the difference is pretty negligible. Yeah. And the article goes on to state that, quote, with the earbud in our synthetic ear not playing music, we measured an ambient traffic noise of 79 decibels with the in-ear earphones. The traffic noise was 71, <laughs> states Ride On. Uh, we quickly established that cars are remarkably soundproof. Which, uh, yes. if you've ever driven, is well. That's d- an advertising. That's yeah. like a sales point. For <laughs> it's them. like, hey, yeah. get me away from this world. Um, we've we've covered that topic before. It just uh, holds all the loudness inside the car, all the screaming and anger. It does. Yes. <laughs> you, yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it it, it bleeds out, but in, in unintended ways. Crises, yes. <laughs> um, we measured the average peak ambient noise of noise inside the car with the motor running to be fifty four decibels, which is twenty six decibels quieter than the outside of the car. So almost half or uh, twice as loud outside, we rang a bike bell right outside of an open car window and measured it from the car at 105 decibels. With the window closed, the same bell registered at just 57, which would mean, I guess, that um, 
a decibel from a bike bell is only three louder than no than no bike bell at all. Um, and decibels are, are, I believe it's logarithmic. It's logarithmic so scale, yeah, yeah. Uh, it does increase more than just the, the attribute of its uh, inclusion. But yeah, so 57 is a little bit louder than 54, but uh, it, it, it pales in comparison to, you know, uh, any any noticeable difference, I feel like, on the road if you add in road noise and such. That's fascinating. I mean, I personally, um, uh, I do often listen to you know, music or podcasts when I'm listening, when I'm riding around, but I'll have an earbud in my right ear mm-hmm. and yeah. my left ear open to traffic because I actually uh, navigate my surroundings on the street by by listening to it. I can hear where cars are. I don't drive that way. Mm-hmm. I ride that way, though, um, for what for what it's worth. Yeah. Absolutely. There's um, what was it? A rooster's crow monitor. Saw that. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> uh, somebody was on Twitter us. today. What was this? <laughs> a, after you. Oh, uh, a rooster. Let's see if I can remember this right. A rooster's crow is a hundred and almost one hundred and thirty decibels, uh, which is roughly the same uh, intensity of sound as if you were standing fifteen meters away mm-hmm. from a jet engine oh, taking wow. off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And so because of this, roosters actually have a special component of their ear which masks part of that sound so that they don't drive themselves deaf. Uh, the more you know. Just everyone around them. Yep, yep. <laughs> so if you have an annoying rooster or if your neighbors have an annoying rooster, it's not just you. That rooster is probably pretty loud. <laughs> not legal in city limits, by the way. But who's who's counting? Who's counting? <laughs> but but that doesn't stop everybody. Oh, Anyways. I want to go like super inside baseball with rooster with hens uh, can mimic roosters, but we we won't go all the way okay. down the rooster rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> That's another another podcast. Yeah, I could do a whole. I I could do two episodes on roosters easily. <laughs> um, do you? Ashley, do you bike with anything in your ears? No, I actually, it's so funny. I was thinking about that earlier. I have a friend who recently just picked up cycling and that's how she's been able to convince herself to do it. She listens to podcasts while she Mm. rides with Mm. both ears in Uh and I've been desperately trying to convince her not to. Uh And although today I was very bored on my bike ride in, I was like, man, I don't know if I could do it. And in the same way I feel, I have to listen. I mean, half the time I don't even look both ways. That sounds bad too, but I don't look both ways because I feel like I can hear both ways. Exactly. You know, know, and and for myself personally, actually, I think I've been listening to things less, not because I have felt unsafe riding around, but uh, uh, it occurred to me that um, my my commute is one of the few easily unprogrammed spaces. Mm. There's so much input, uh, audio and visual uh, in our lives. And it's sort of uh, uh, it's a meditative experience uh, being able to ride to and from. I don't have to have any thoughts. I can just sort of have a, 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 an open blank mind and be self-aware of where I am uh, in the moment, but keep coming back to that meditative experience of cycling. Mm. That was that's... my second thought on my bike ride today <laughs> yeah. when I was contemplating that. so funny. That's exactly why I can't listen to podcasts mm. when I bike. It has to be music, something that like, mm. you know, I can kind of hear, but still not have to analyze, you know, whereas podcasts like, Pretty much every podcast I, I listen to is something that like I have to absorb in right. some way or mm-hmm. dissect in some way. Right. Hmm. I feel like you must be a meditative ninja because like every time I got right hooked, I would be I would be right out of my vibe. <laughs> 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 not sure. Not sure which road you're commuting in on. <laughs> so uh, it, we might not have a rooster here in the studio, but uh, you know what we do have? We 
Yes, we do. First up, How to Ride with a Beginner. This comes to us via Todd S. He says he's coming to the Portland area this spring for a family vacation. Quote, my wife has decided that scheduling a two-day bike tour will be a way to entice me to come along. The problem that comes up is my wife's definition of touring. Her definition of a bike ride is a three-mile loop around the neighborhood. She's gone as far as 10 miles at a rate of about 7 miles an hour. Any suggestions of rail to trails in the area? Parentheses, North Portland. And good bike rentals. I've got a few suggestions. And, yeah, everyone's like, oh, oh. Is it my turn? Yeah, go, go yeah. for it. <laughs> you, you, you seem the most anxious. Go for it. Oh, that's me. Um, I would definitely say the Vernonia Banks Trail. Yeah! Right? Like, number one. <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah. fun. It's beautiful. It's, like, completely private from roads, and it's flat most of the way, minus the one little dip in the middle. It's gorgeous. And it's not too far out of town, and yeah. it makes you feel like you're way out of town. Yeah. You can take the max out. You don't mm-hmm. have to do the West Hills. Um, and, yeah, you're only on the road for, what, 10 miles of it? Maybe? Yeah. Just the connection. Uh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. get yeah. to yeah. the Banks for Nonia Trail. Sure. Yeah, yeah and, from Hillsboro. And if you don't want to bike from the max to Banks for Nonia Trail, um, there's also a bike shop at the entrance to the trail so you can you can similarly rent bikes from them um oh really yep i'll be darned uh last time i do it they were mostly doing the um recumbent style bicycle Uh that i saw but i mean in addition to many fine shops around portland which you can acquire one um lots of good options on the rental market there i would be remiss if i didn't mention clever cycles does rent out their folding bikes Ooh, yes grab a brompton make it a trip at a very reasonable price. So, you know, <laughs> you can have the full fully folding experience. The 40-mile loop around Portland and its infinite variations has a lot of uh, off-road, That's uh, multi-use yep. path only riding, uh, specifically the Springwater Corridor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, some of the multi-use paths along the Columbia, along Marine Drive, which are absolutely beautiful, including mm-hmm. that little loop around the Troutdale Airport. Really nice up there. Yeah. And especially I've if you've not you... been out that far. Yeah, it's 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 nice. It's really nice. I do recommend doing it uh, counterclockwise because otherwise you are climbing a long way from Lower Troutdale to Upper Troutdale. Okay, mm-hmm. but you also have to balance it with the wind in the gorge. Yes, that's very true. So whether you're a wind person or a hill person, <laughs> check out <laughs> check out the loop. Um, Brock also emailed him back already and mentioned everybody's, uh, bike rental, which, uh, I, I highly suggest mm-hmm. we, I use them once, uh, when my brother was in town and yeah, they, they worked out really good. Um, yep. good quality, um, wouldn't say touring bike, but a bike set up for touring. Yeah. So I guess. And they're based in North Portland, bike. which is what yep. he was asking about. Right. So that would be a particularly good fit there. Well, if he's going to go out there, I mean, then Savi, you've got to throw that in the mix, oh, yeah. too. Oh, yes. You know, like from <laughs> Savi North, Island. I mean, just at that point, I would say take the bus or rent a car and get out to Savi because Highway 30 is not ideal. But True. that loop around Savi is beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And since you both work with Sunday Parkways, for 
people who are at different levels or abilities with cycling, do you have any like tips or, or things you've observed for helping to get somebody into that groove or, t- or even taking somebody who's extra experienced and helping them discover the joy of learning to bike with someone else again? I mean, patience and uh, compassion and love, right? It's a different experience, uh, what you are doing with that other person. Um, your idea of a fun bike ride isn't yet theirs. And if you want to enjoy that experience with them, you have to make their experience what you're what you're into, what you're going to get something out of. I also feel like finding the protected bike paths or yeah. situations where there will be away from traffic. Because I, I know any person who I've brought on to cycling here when they're visiting, it's they're immediately terrified of the traffic. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I, I think that's a big yeah. thing to avoid. And um, making fun stops mm-hmm. along the way, I feel like, um, makes it a lot more enjoyable if you're, you know, sometimes biking to a destination is more enjoyable than biking just to bike. If you're getting into it, if sure. you think you're accomplishing something, you're getting somewhere, it's this, you know, whether it's a mile monument or a site monument, it's, you're getting to there. And that a lot of times will keep people motivated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely second that. Cool. The first time my older brother visited, um, I took him out to Multnomah Falls by bicycle. Nice. Wow. <laughs> and would you call him a biker a, a quote biker? Now, yeah, yeah. sure. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I too, um, I've dragged a couple friends out there before. Yeah, and and at, at the time like like I didn't really think much about it, but it's definitely not a beginner <laughs> route. Like there's that just really long gradual climb all the way up to um um uh, is that? the women's the, forum. Well, the women's form and yeah. then um, beyond that, the, the Vista House. Oh, Vista House, yeah. right, yeah. Yep. Um, but the downhill is really awesome <laughs> once you get past that. But, yeah, he's uh, a year and a half older than me, army vet, and so, like, he didn't want to be bested by his little brother. Hmm. And, like, many times, like, we would stop and be like, we can turn around, you know, it's it's okay, we're not past the point of no return. He's like, no, no, we're doing this, we're doing this. And like by the time we get to Multnomah Falls, he's like, I hate you. Why did you do this? <laughs> Hopefully there's like How a are we getting up. back? This was also before the shuttle that mm. oh, now yeah. goes through the gorge. <laughs> Wait, we got to bike all the way back up now. Oh, my gosh. And yeah. coming up to it, it's a house, mm-hmm. this house that back way, yeah, that big that's, snakey that's road. That's the worst. Oh. Yeah. That's a hill. I mean, depends if you like climbing or not. I know. Hey, there's always 84. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. We all know. I have seen people ride down. I, For real? Like, yeah. I ended oh, yeah. up on there once, actually. Like what? we did, mm-hmm. We didn't want to take old Moody. It was one of those situations where it was like, take old Moody back, which we had uh-huh. already done, or like ride on the highway for six miles or something. Mm-hmm. Did see a giant hawk, like a very cool hawk. Really? Um, just hanging out on the water there, but besides that, it was awful. Yeah, I, I can't imagine doing that yeah you know desperate i I would rather climb (laughs) i would rather climb up to vista oh man (laughs) depending how how far out into the gorge you go to it's not that bad coming back on sr14 if you get Mm -hmm. across the river oh yes uh evergreen highway yeah yes yeah it's very it's really pretty and if you do it on a weekend to time it right then there's not a ton of traffic comparatively and you don't then have to deal with i-84 yeah Definitely. There are some sections on I-84, if you go east, you, you just can't avoid. Yeah. Um, trails are being built close by to them. But yeah, uh, SR-14, also, yeah, always a good bet. <laughs> um, from Drew the Welder, we have also a Ooh. comment about... We got a couple other things, oh, actually. Oh, excellent. I'm going to well, let Aaron take over here. Okay. 
Sorry, I should have just let you roll with it. And You're all good. Back. It's okay. Um, from Todd in DC, he says, would you guys add a link to my website in your end credits? Also, looking forward to getting a sticker or a patch, whatever, at some point. <laughs> yes, I owe you much, Todd. Um, Todd, one of our sponsors. Um, and the reason why I mention this here is just to say, there will now be a link to his website, and he is an amazing artist. He actually did a portrait of Brock and I. Oh, that was uh, okay. A long yep. time ago, yeah, we posted it on our Twitter. Back you when you still haven't sent me a print. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. A lot of great um, writing in the uh, D.C. area. So I'm from D.C. Yeah, uh, and I grew up riding along Sligo Creek Parkway and Rock Creek Parkway. So if anyone makes it out there. Uh, you should definitely give it a ride. They closed down uh, a long stretch of Sligo Creek Parkway uh, every single weekend, an awful lot like our Sunday Parkways. Really? Except they do it along except this parkway. Except they do it yeah. every weekend. Yeah, and it's and they, they built infrastructure. They can just swing these big metal arms to close off the roads. Oh, nice. nice. Do you ever, speaking of like Sunday Parkways and every weekend, do you ever get that like question I'm sure you do a lot. Like, why can't you do like a thing every Sunday? Can't you shut down some roads like every Sunday? Hey, someday uh, it takes people being interested and and asking for it. Um, You know, if if you ask for it over and over again uh, and you tell your friends and they want it too, like that's how that's how we get cool stuff. You got to ask for it and you got to have people who are willing to put the time in. So uh, put my name down there on that list. I'll help out. (laughs) I want to see Sunday Parkways every weekend, too. Hmm. Absolutely. Um, also from Robert, he also talks about lights. He also mentions that he enjoyed our interview with Joan, um, and about lights, railroad mounted, what are called Mars lights and they wobble around, um, that was mounted on their locomotives and they were blinking and flickering and hard to tell, um, range and speed. And it was actually that, that, um, caused a drop in railroad fatalities or mm-hmm. automotive locomotive fatalities mm-hmm. because drivers were more likely to stop because mm-hmm. they couldn't tell speed and distance. So it was using that effect to their advantage. <clears throat> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Interesting. Um, so that was like kind of a, a sub- coming out in support of, of blinky lights. Mm-hmm. But then again, he also mentions that a locomotive much larger than a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, most people aren't, aren't going to take that gamble yeah, on, yeah, a, on a on a train a versus. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, he mentions that he used blinky lights on his touring bike and his tandem, but his new Brompton commuter has a fixed bright light powered by the hub, and he really likes how it works on the Brompton. Truth be told. A lot of those lights, too, the ones that are, um, you know... The dynamo lights? The dynamo lights, they're also, uh, I guess, depends on the ones. They'll, like, get brighter and mm-hmm. dimmer, which I also think is awesome, That like, if you're going... Depending on the voltage yeah, that's going through. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. I love how lights have changed that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like... We are in a golden age of lighting options, We're truly. In a golden age of biking right yeah. now. There's so yeah. much cool stuff coming out. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just because I like the bikes I have right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I love my bikes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say you're spot on with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Ashley, how many bikes do you have? Only four. Only four. 
I'm only four. That's a restraint. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like many more, but it's good right now. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, for our next article. Um, Drew, well, Drew the Welder also chimes in about lights. Do you want to? Sure. Uh, you actually have that. I one think I do have notes. this one. Yes. J- uh, Drew says, great show. And Joan had a lot of interesting things to say. I agree with her about the problem of bright bike lights that dazzle other road users. Older drivers especially can get disoriented with facing an intense light. Cars have low beams, but almost all bike lights are only high beams. The only exceptions I'm aware of are the Schmidt Edelux Dynamo headlamp and the battery-powered Supernova Airstream, both of which have fixed low-beam patterns. Well, they also have the lights that have the wider set yes. lights, too, so that it doesn't shine directly all in you with like mm-hmm. full lumens. So it, it, I think there's a lot of lighting options. There's also the difference between like lights to see and lights to be seen, and mm-hmm. I think there's a different place. I'm sure you covered this last time, but you know, there's yeah. like a, yeah. a, a place in time for... All lights. I have very strong feelings about this, actually. <laughs> Tell us. My eyes aren't great, and my night vision's not great. Um, when somebody rides by with a super bright bike light, I have a hard time uh, seeing and recovering from that. And it's because of the angle that their light is pointed. Car lights specifically are angled in such a way that they're not supposed to be pointing in people's eyes unless you turn on your brights. Bike lights, when they put you, they install them on your handlebars, they're at whatever angle you put them on. Right. So if you're aiming it at uh, and some car... people think like they need to have it. Yeah. Higher. Well, they're yeah. aiming at car drivers' eyes mm. without considering that they're also potentially blinding fellow cyclists or potentially in maybe even a worse case, blinding people driving yeah. cars. <laughs> yeah, there you <laughs> is go. the other downside of that one. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, STVZO standard is um, one we did <laughs> talk about on the yes. show. I would advocate it should be a standard applied to basically all bike light manufacturers um there's been good traction on it in the eu but not so much here in the u.s we may we may start to see that um next up from ej he chimes in also on our episode with joan but about congestion pricing um he says uh listen to joan talking about freeway expansion and it was great the story i always point freeway expansion's to. great the the, oh. the episode was great <laughs> just checking her talking about freeway expansion and and yeah the way she talked about it was great i think is what he's trying sorry to say. i'm yes. being facetious <laughs> <I know. laughs> um the story i always point people to when talking about congestion pricing is how stockholm implemented it in 2006 and solved their traffic congestion overnight. There's an eight-minute TED Talk about the process, but the big takeaway was that the idea was unpopular until it was implemented, and now people love it. And he also left Hmm. a link to the YouTube Hmm. um, article of the TED Talk there. The second and maybe more important part of the story is that they completed a 10-year survey of health impacts in 2016 Asthma rates among children dropped dramatically, and he pro- uh, left a link also for that as well. Wow. I'm I'm about to come down with my own version of Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yes. In a good way. Yes. <laughs> um, and lastly, Ethan Georgie, he's talked about this a couple episodes now. He's finally made a ringtone. Of the swing bike song. Ooh. Well, 
I guess that brings us to the end of all things. That it does. You ready? Oh. <laughs> I guess so. Thank you once again. Phil, Ashley, thank you for coming in. Thank you again yeah, for, having, for us. having us. This was great. Ready for this? Let's do it. The Sprocket Podcast has produced at Stream PDX Community Audio Studio thanks to the generous support of Open Signal. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text 2503-847-9774. Twitter and the Instagrams at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Hurtbird for our headline sounder. Mar- Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to our sustaining donors. Logan Smith, Shadowfoot, Katharina Mellengard. Wayne Norman, Doug Robertson, Ethan Georgie. Thanks Jeff. for the ringtone. Justin Martin, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lean. Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish. Matt Kelly, Eric Weitz, Todd Parker. Dan Gebhardt, who's a time traveler. Dave Knows, Chris Smith. Christy Kaster, Caleb Jenkinson, J.P. Cooley. Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Low, Rich Otterstrom. Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna. I'll be home soon. John Wasserman, Andre Johnson, King of Division. Josh Zeeson, Richard G., Guthrie Straw. Aaron Green. Oh, you read your own name again. <laughs> Aaron Hi. Green, author of We Were Like Sons, founder of the Regranary. Campsite, Mac Nurse David, Nathan Poulton. Chris Rossin, Rory in Michigan, Michael Flournoy. Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay, Tim, Tim Coleman. <laughs> Mr. T, Harry Hugel, EJ Finneran. Brad Hepwell, Thomas Skato, Keith Hutchinson. Ranger Tom, I still have your envelope. Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam, Derek Wagner, Jason Ochtenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore, Todd Grosbeck, at airsatsart.com. Oh, yes. <laughs> Chris Barron, Chris Barron, Chris Barron, Sean Baird, Simon Gregory Braithwaite, Ryan Morrow, Jimmy Diesel, and Dude Luna. And to all of our former donors who've helped us get this far, now brush your teeth and go to bed. <laughs>